welcome to Blake Street Banter. For one of us knows what the word banter means, and the other one is just along for the ride, and the other one is out saving seals again. A dude saves too many animals. James, say what's up. What's up? Hey, who's the guy that know, knows what banter means? So you or is it me? Keep listening and find out. Fair enough. I think, I think people can deduct that who it is by who, when they listen, and who's says it all the time and who's not like around sure i think they could deduct it but i don't i don't know what requires our, a lot of listeners and a lot of a lot of time and right i don't know what our fan base is all about so if you are listening let us know in the comments leave us a review Please. read it who do you think it knows the word banter leave it in the comments we'll read it live and that's I our plug. No. Well, that's our plug um also go check out our Substack, our link tree, and find out new blogs and YouTube channels and our socials. You got anything else, Mike? Mike? No. No, Mike's good. Mike's gone. <laughs> Seriously, go look at everything. We're just trying to spread the word, have some fun, and do cool stuff. Um, we are here on probably the most exciting night of baseball with Otani versus Marquez on the bump right now. They're warming up. Should start in literally one minute because California does a 638 start time. That was weird. Let's go. Um, it should have been the all-star game starting lineup, right? Well, Marquez didn't get off to a very good start, but I mean, he reined it in. He should Otani. have started the all-star game though. Hey, let me ask you a question. Please ask me. Who's who's better, Otani the hitter or Otani the pitcher? It's so funny. I was thinking that same question. I I need to be more versed about Otani, but looking at his numbers right now on the screen, I'm gonna say the hitter because yeah. if you have a 1.046 OPS, you rake, dude. He's like, leading the league in home runs. Yeah, and he's a really he's a really really good pitcher, but he's not like top five of the al pitchers right he might be top 10 top fight top 15 but he's not he's not top five but he is a top five hitter right so yeah. it made sense to me that he was leading off the all-star game and all that but starting that too i feel like they kind of oh it was all hype train it. it was all hype train. i feel like they really went into the marketing angle of that which nobody's mad about like if you're gonna market that's the time to market right Completely okay with it, but I think they could have done a better job marketing of making sure Dave Roberts, no fun Dave Roberts, put Herman on the bump to start for the NL. But yes, yeah. you're nor there. Question on Otani: Who wins the battle of Otani versus Otani? Otani the hitter, or Otani the batter, in one plate appearance. Well, Otani the hitter is going to know what Otani the pitcher is going to do, so he's taking a deep all day. But doesn't the Otani the pitcher know where Otani the hitter's weak spots are? Now that, my friend, is a good point. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> like, how can we test that in real life? We just have to go to the PlayStation and just simulate it? Yeah, I, I don't know if Kirk has the MLB to show yet, but I think you just have to do a bunch of simulations. Just I would see, put just my see who wins out of 10 times. Let's go. If Otani the hitter wins three out of four or whatever. I think it's a win if Otani the hitter goes three out of 10. That's well, if he goes two for 10 with two bombs. 
so now we have to define when. Okay, maybe we'll put this, <laughs> yeah. on, hold. We'll put this on hold. The whole thing, man. <laughs> well, maybe we'll go live. Maybe we'll start a Twitch stream. We need to get uh, Mike on the analytics. <laughs> we, but it is July 26th, Monday night, and there are rumors surrounding Trevor's story uh, all over the place. We'll start with this as Mike gets ready to give us the deets. Um, do you think he gets moved? Do you think Trevor's story is moved? Yes, he's gone. You think he's gone, even with absolutely no doubt about history it. History that is our front office, all that. You think he's still going? Our front office, like, is just it's just yes men to the owner. We already know that. That's what it's always going to be. So yes, he's getting moved. Okay, you heard it here first. He's getting moved. Do you think it's at the deadline, like Thursday? Um, I think it's like a 4 p.m. deadline, Eastern time. Yeah. Do you think yeah. he's moving that day, or is he moving Tuesday or Wednesday? It'll be Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, so it's saying a late move. All right, so tell me if this is true or false. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's a lot of burners out there on the Twitter. Um, as user at Joe Marciano two has let me know, even though obviously it's a fake account. Oh, just give it that way. <laughs> Clearly, not a real person. Trevor Story's wife follows Yes Network and Yankees on social media. As Domingo Herman's agency, Luba Sports, searches for temporary housing for him in Colorado. True or false? True. <laughs> no, I just gave you the answer before this. This is false. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I meant to say false. <laughs> this is false. But this is the kind of stuff that's out there. This was posted by a satire account of the New York Porch Sport. They are getting clever, but this is the kind of crap we have to read. Um, so true or false? The Yankees are in talks with the Colorado Rockies, and they are thinking about moving him to center field if they acquire him. False. True. What? There are legit rumors out there that the Yankees have reached out. They're like, they've actually made an offer, a legit offer. Um, and that one of like in that scenario that Trevor Story may be moved to center field. Dude, he's a top five defensive shortstop. I but they have Glaber Torres, um, which I imagine would be Dude, yeah. Close. Okay, Glaber, Glaber, Glaber. No, it's not happening. <laughs> Trevor Story is one tier above Glaber Torres. Yeah, it's gold glove caliber shortstop. I don't know why anybody, any team would acquire him and move him to center. Like you move somebody else to center. I don't get yeah. that piece. Uh, Brewers are also have checked in on Trevor Story. Their Adamas pickup has been the best in the season, in season move, but they seek another big bat. True or false? False. It's from John Heyman, so take that how you want, like, verified. So I'm going to say true, but I believe the Brewers, I'm hearing a lot of Brewers and Yankees talk out there. Okay. DJ LeMahieu says Trevor Story is one of his best friends in the world, and he offered a glowing scouting report of his former Rockies teammate. The Yankees in Colorado continue to discuss a trade that could reunite, reunite Story and LeMahieu. That's true. You think that's true? Yep nj.com it is true from the new jersey advance spot yeah i saw that on espn or mlb trade rumors mm -hmm, yeah how uh supposedly dj and him are best buds i don't know as a rockies fan i know dj 
didn't really have much of a personality, so I can't imagine their best buds. <laughs> Trevor Zoria seems to be best buds with everybody, too. I think he's just that cool. Okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, going out with DJ LeMay is like going out with a broomstick. <laughs> That's really mean. <laughs> it's real. I mean, dude is plain Jane, bro. He is a kind of very robotic. Trevor's story would be great as a Chicago White Sox for Jimmy Lambert, Herman Mercedes, and Gavin Sheets. I did hear the rumor of the White Sox. I did not hear the names. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go true. False. You're rad at this. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. Uh, God damn it. Uh, do you think the Mets are in play to take no no absolutely not okay just signed Francisco Lindor for like a gazillion dollars Trevor Story could play third no he's not playing another position he's top you're top five top ten shortstop you're dying on that hill yes okay false false I'm pretty sure yes That was definitely false. Um, I think that's all I got. Thought there was going to be more out there. Never story to the Yankees. I talked about it before the season started, and all the Yankees fans were chirping at me about, why would you do that? You got Glaber Torres, blah, blah, blah. And here we are. Yankees are pulling the trigger, my friend. I Pulling it now. Now, would we be mad about that? If we see a midfield, a mid middle infield of Story and LeMayhew, are we mad? Are we happy? Well, LeMayhew is playing first base for the Yanks. He's, yeah, he's kind of super utility. But he's, I mean, yeah, he can play anything. He's yeah. been playing third base. Um, I mean, I guess if they're best buds, good for them. I can't see that being a real good time, but. You know, How are you whatever. as a fan feeling if Story is playing in dark blue pinstripes instead? I'll feel well, I'll feel justified because I called it before the season started, and it depends what we get in return. And they were talking about um, giving the Yankees number eleven, number twelve prospect, and Clint Frazier. Yeah, um, I keep seeing Clint's name being thrown out. Clint. Clint Frazier's bat speed is elite. Elite. Now, it's putting the bat to the ball. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> He's um, struggling. And he really hasn't been doing that. Granted, he should have enough time to do that. And what's better for a hitter's confidence than saying, hey, by the way, you're getting sh- shipped to Coors Field? It's, I mean, and it worked for Matt Adams. got to feel pretty good. you got to feel like, oh, okay, yeah, now I'm going to figure this out. It did work for CJ Crone. Yeah. And their number 11, number 12 prospects were a shortstop and wasn't a pitcher. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would love to be a fly on the wall during those conversations to see who else is calling, what else they're offering. But, I mean, that sounds decent, especially for a guy in Trevor Story who – really isn't having the best year of his career. There it is. Um, we know what he can do. 
So we're not going to short sell him just based on having an off year. But, you know, going going back to the Arenado trade, like, holy, holy Toledo. And that came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, if we, if we even get a couple of pieces in return and some draft picks and so on and so forth, and then that's a win. Um, we got Gomber, and I think Gomber's outperformed what all the fans thought he was going to do when we right. originally traded for him. So, I mean, I guess at least somebody in the scouting, scouting department like got that one right, I guess. But was it worth sending 50 mil to the Cardinals for it? No. So it still wasn't a win, but wasn't as bad as I guess we all thought, probably. Yeah, it's all, it's all the 50 million added. Yeah. The uh, Yankees 10 and 11 prospects are Esteban Flor- Floriel and Anthony Volpe. Yeah. Um, Floriel is actually on the, I think he's on the major league roster now, but he's been one of their top prospects for a while. It's taken a long time to, for him to get there. Okay. How about 11 and 12? Because one of them was a shortstop that played. Yeah. With, Volpe. Uh, Volpe Jack Leader this year at Vanderbilt. Volpe is the shortstop. Gotcha. Um, so we're okay if he moves to the Yankees. I think so, because, I mean, their 11 and 12 or 10 and 11 prospects slide into about our eight or nine. So what I'm hearing from you is, as long as we get a good return, you don't care where he goes. No, I mean, I don't know. I guess time will tell, right? (laughs) I mean, baseball's hard, like, as far as scouting talent. But, I mean, it's all relative. It just compares what you – what happens afterwards and all of those things. Like when we first shipped off to Lewitsky, what did you think? It sucks. I mean, at that time, I don't know. I didn't know anything about prospects or trade values or anything. So it, right. it, it me, sucks as a fan, I'm losing right? too low. I'm losing too low and that sucks. Yeah, definitely. Um, about return for me. Right. And the pieces that we got, we said, okay, we got some top prospects. We got one of their top pitchers, blah, blah, blah. None of that panned out for anybody. No. Tulowitzki was shit. The prospects were shit. So, I mean, I guess it was a wash. Yeah. Maybe money moving around and stuff might have helped, but. Well, not really. I mean, we got Reyes back, and then we had to suspend him the next year because he's beating on his wife. (laughs) He was in the Blue Jays deal? Yes. Oh, wow. He was part of the salary dump. Yep. Okay. So the Blue Jays traded two or Rockies traded Tulo and Latroy Hawkins in that deal. That's a forgotten piece for Jose Reyes, Jeff Hoffman, Miguel Castro, and Jesus Tinoco. Hoffman, up and down in Reds uniform right now. I have no idea who Miguel Castro is. Jesus Tinoco is still in our system. I think he's in double A right now. So yeah, that's that's a wash. Castro's in Baltimore, it looks like. Yeah. Um, and at the time it was like kind of exciting. Oh, Castro's the dude. Castro's really good. This is Castro. Castro pitches for the Mets. He's like one of their lockdown relievers. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, I didn't know that was that him. But he's not too the whiskey good. No, and he's not doing it for the Rockies, of course. He's doing it for somebody right. else. So if he's doing it with the Mets, that's good. But Coors Field's a different thing, as we just talked about. Yeah. 
so like so when we're talking about these trades because there's about five or six names on the list it's all about just building the most value as a prospects right like we just got to build we're not looking for major league talent we're looking for possible future playouts yeah and honestly i don't care you could trade here. and i don't care you could trade for a guy that's like the number 30th prospect but because you have a good scout that identifies something that nobody else is and you develop it a little bit and the next thing you know he's the next matt holiday or granted it doesn't mean to be the next matt holiday the next nafi perez or something like that like great let's do that yeah why not rapid fire does john gray get moved yes does michael gibbons get moved no Daniel Bard. No. There's one more name. Marquez. I don't think Marquez gets moved. No. But there's one more. Oh, uh, CJ Krohn. Does CJ Krohn get moved? No. You don't think Krohn gets moved? Nope. Why? Just not consistent enough. He's a left-handed bat with some power. I understand. But no, he's not getting moved. Really? He's right. Yep. That was a horrible take. Um, hey, we'll see in a week. I think CJ gets moved. No way. CJ is the next for sure one that gets moved. Absolutely. No way. Not a chance in hell. The gentleman's bet? Yeah. I have no idea what that means, but I hear people say it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if you get. So you know it's good. You're right. It says gentlemen, so that just sounds fancy. I don't know. We'll think about it. I would say Michael Gibbons gets moved before CJ Crum. The same likelihood of getting, getting traded. I think Michael's got a bigger one, and I already said no that he wouldn't get traded. All right, gentlemen's bet. We'll we'll put it we'll put it out there on the Twitter. Check the Twitter over the next few days for gentlemen's bet. CJ gets moved. <laughs> Hashtag if DJ Crone is hitting for the Rockies in September, I think that's a problem. Because CJ has absolutely no future here. It's not against him. It's because we are five years from contention and CJ is a productive player right now. Well, the thing is, is that CJ didn't have a future before he came to Colorado. Right. So what's a scout to say, oh, yeah, he's going to have a future outside of it? He's not. He's hitting Coors Field. You and this core field argument. Look at the splits. I bet they're shite. I'm looking right now. Shite. 2021. Away, home. About the same. Home, 268. Away, 223. Slugging, 580. At home, away, 331. Yep. Bingo, OPS, bingo, 950. Bongo. OPS, done, away, done deal. 680. Done. You're done. But his OPS, his OPS plus is still 98 away. Like he still has value as a hitter, like a league average value away. If you're a contention team without a first baseman, again, I don't know much outside of the Rockies, like who needs a first baseman? Name a contention team that doesn't have a first baseman. I don't know. Exactly. The Padres. Padres want to move Hosmer because he's trash. What? Nah, dude, screw that. I'd rather have Hosmer. You rather have and you got you got Will Caesar's Myers on phone. the bench. You got Will Myers on the bench. 
you are just spewing ridiculousness more than I am. And I'm spewing some ridiculous. Dude, I'm anti-CJ Crone. Why? Just because you had that good-ass take in April and you want to stick to it? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Who's okay, the... well, let's see. Let's see who's right. Let's see who's right at the end of the year. Gentlemen's bet. CJ Crane gets moves. Who's the who's the first baseman for the Red Sox? Hang on, wait. Nope. Who's the red? Nope. Who's the no, first... no, no, no. Hang on, wait, wait. CJ Crone gets moved, and that's that might be one thing. CJ Crone gets moved, and he's average. No. Yes or no? Probably not. <laughs> so there you go. You're even admitting he gets moved, and he's going to be a below average player. I think he will be very kind of like less than below average, like by a little. He will be he'll be in a OPS plus 95 or higher. Okay. My my gentleman's bet is that if he gets moved or if he stays, his value in war will be 0.2 or less. I don't think this is what a gentleman's bet is. I think a gentleman's bet is like you have to cook dinner for me or something. <laughs> I'll send you two. You don't add. You don't add pieces to the bet. That's just discourse. Okay, fine. Then go back to the original bet. Tell me what it is, and then we'll. Does he get moved by Thursday at four? No. I say yes. Gentleman's bet. We have to shake on it, and you have to lose. Has to do something. Okay. If you lose, then your wife gets to slap you in the face with a tomato with a bunch of mayonnaise on it. My wife loves me. There's no way. Mm. Man, I've been off all this whole time. The trade deadline is Friday, not Thursday. Uh-huh. I'm just going to have to go back in. I don't know. This just makes me look dumb. Who's the first baseman for the Red Sox? Do you know it? Yes or no? Who's the first baseman for Mitch the Red Sox? Mitch Moreland. No, he plays for the a- Oakland A's. Damn it. Uh... You know the Rays first baseman. You know the White Sox first baseman. Uh-huh. Do you know the Houston Astros first baseman? Yuri Gurriel. Do you know the Oakland Athletics first baseman? Matt Olson. Yeah, they have one. Okay. Those are the AL contentions. So he could be moved out, like, to Boston maybe. Or who's the Mets first baseman? Pete Alonzo. Uh, Brewers first baseman. Good question. I think it's like a combo of Vogelbach and somebody else. Vogelbach. They're a platoon out there. Rowdy Talese. What a pl- platoon. Like CJ might fit there. Throw CJ into the Trevor Story deal that goes to Milwaukee. Yeah, add another platoon guy to more platoon. That's the whole point of a platoon, right? And then inner division, Rockies never trade inner division, but you have the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres. And he's now it's out to anywhere. So there's two potential spots they could go to. He ain't going Milwaukee and the Red Sox. Red Sox first baseman is really far down on this list. Michael Chavez. CJ Crum will be out of baseball in two years. No. He'll be with yep. the Rockies in two years. Nope. 
classic uh, Mark Reynolds. Classic Mark Reynolds situation we have. Mark Reynolds was much, much better. There's no way that's true. Yep, definitely. 100%. Mark Reynolds stats. We'll end it with this so you guys can go listen to our interviews or conversations. Mark Reynolds was such a better baseball player than CJ Crown. There's no way that's true. 100%. All right, what are we basing off this? Going back to our original discussion about Otani. Anything you want. Anything you want. So I'm going Mark career. So much better. I'm going career batting average. Okay. No. Wait. 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 Let's go first year with the Rockies. First year with the Rockies. His 32 age season, 2016. Let's go OPS. That's what you want from a first baseman, right? Let's go OPS plus. That takes out all the guessing. Okay. OPS plus for a full season. We don't have that with CJ Crone, so we take this with the grain of salt. Mark Reynolds. OPS plus was a 101 league average definition of league average OPS plus 101 CJ Crone so far his first year in Colorado through 82 games is an OPS plus of 113 okay let's revisit that we will revisit that and have another gentleman's bet in about 80 games or so let's revisit that if CJ Crone is still in the Rockies after Friday at 4 p.m. on Eastern time, sorry for confusing you all about Thursday. And he, he, all he has to do is be above league average. He only needs to have an OPS of plus of 102. That's the only, then it'll be better. Like this Deal. threshold isn't very high. There's no way CJ Crone could strike out the next 15 at bats and he still will be better. And he end. might strike out the next 15 at bats. So, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you want to? And Rockies are losing two to nothing in the bottom of the first. Um, the really, really, really fun meat and potatoes of this whole episode is our Sam Weatherly banter session. Dude's a riot. Dude shares super in depth inside baseball pitching as he's growing his his game uh just really fun 45 minute session and so i think you, you all will really enjoy that one share the word spread it and again leave us your uh, predictions in the google apple reviews and stuff find us on the link tree subscribe resubscribe unsubscribe share it tell your mama did i tell you my mom doesn't listen to us dude that's embarrassing bro she doesn't even she didn't even know what i was talking about when i talked to her about it it's fine my mom doesn't either yeah but my mom loves me <laughs> okay yep gotta go <laughs> obviously my mom doesn't love me as much as i thought mama if you're listening all right go rocks Woo! Woo! Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other three are just along for the ride. James, say hi. Hey. Kirk, say what's up. What's up? And we are here with Sam Weatherly of the Fresno Grizzlies. What up, Sam? What's going on, guys? How are you? I want to dive in right into your Michigan roots, because I'm up here in Grand Rapids right now. Gotcha. Um, you were high school player of Michigan in small Howell, mm -hmm. Michigan, 10,000 people. What 
was that like? And is your dad a hard ass as a coach? Uh, it was, it was definitely cool um, to win that because it was, uh, it was a second time within our county and our county's real small. Um, second time back-to-back years with, with Mr. Baseball Award going to the same county, which is cool. Um, and, it, you know, being from a small town and, and trying to uh, get that recognition is definitely hard. So um, being recognized is definitely something that meant a lot to me. But my dad, uh, yeah, we, I didn't deal with him a whole lot. Um, he, uh, I deal uh, with our other, it was kind of assistant coach, Jason Ladd, um, is, is kind of who, um, I talked to the most, I guess, at the field, off the field, you know, when we were going home or at the house, he and I could, could have a, a conversation, but, um, I think it was more of like the, he didn't want to deal with the, the crap from the other parents about like, oh, your son's, you know, so and you know, you got yeah. favorite so-and-so and this and. Um, so we kind of, we kind of, you know, separated, I guess, our relationship really well at the field versus, you know, at home or, um, you know, whatever it might be. So it was, it was definitely difficult, you know, cause we can get under each other's skin pretty easily, but, um, for the most part, I, I dealt with other coaches. So. Seems like a mutual decision. I, uh, I coached my little brother in baseball. And we had our heads budding quite a bit. So I kind of, I, I get what you're saying to a point. Yeah. Is he the best coach you've ever had? Put it, put you on the spot real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to laying a base and, um, you know, I think the foundations of who I am as a baseball player stem from, from my dad um, and, and what he taught me. I mean, he's been my coach since I was in, you know, freaking T-ball. So um from T-ball through, through varsity baseball, he's coached me. And then, yeah, we talk about some of the most, uh, you know, I guess moldable, if that's even a word, um, years, <laughs> we'll count years career in, in, in life. Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely say so. And then my last Michigan question to start, I have a few other ones later, but uh, you played at Kalamazoo for a summer. Did you, were so right now I see them, I haven't gone down to a game yet, I want to. They are shotgunning energy drinks. Was, uh, was that part of your experience there? How crazy was that? Like, it just looks like a good time. Yeah, we had a blast there. Um, Coach Pachoki, we had a, we had a freaking, the whole, the whole team we were with was, was awesome. You know, we didn't, um, we, I don't think we would have gotten away with back then. Uh, I'm say back then, like I'm some, you know, um, <laughs> years ago. Yo, I don't think we would have gotten away with the energy drink thing. I, I seriously think that's, that's something that's, you know, baseball's kind of opened up to kind of that craziness in the past year. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we had fun. We definitely didn't um, – we definitely weren't your typical summer team. But the energy drink thing is definitely funny. I saw that on Barstool a couple weeks ago. So you <laughs> should check out a game. It's, it's a good time, man. It's on, it's on my to-do list. I – go to you know the west michigan whitecaps quite a bit and i want to go down yep. to the crowlers games just just seems like a fun time yeah, yeah absolutely um and i guess we'll start we'll dive into your professional career now you just got named the high a west pitcher of the week yeah you feel you feeling yourself a little bit yeah that's pretty exciting that's good news to wake up to um yeah, D. Piazza had the same – he had the same stat line I did, except he had a better stat line than me, you know. He he had – I think he had one less walk, six innings, 
two hits, no earned, no runs. I mean, he's, you know, he threw, he threw a great game as well. So, you know, it's, you could say it was, it was kind of both of us. But I thought pitching overall this entire week was exceptional. You know, it was a really, really good week for us. And I think it was the first road loss or, or series loss for the Giants all year, um, which is good. So we're, we're now in first place in our division. So um, we're feeling good. I'm feeling good. You know, it's a big confidence booster, I guess, at, at, at this point in the season. Uh, speaking of confidence boosters, um, recently you you towed up against Aaron Sanchez, who's, who's been in the majors for a while. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what's it like, you know, seeing those guys on rehabs and um, knowing that you can compete with those guys and what it's kind of like? Yeah, um, it's definitely it's definitely cool. You know, one of my favorite things growing up was just seeing how big leaguers went about their business and um, watching them get get loose, play catch, do all that kind of thing. And I couldn't watch them. Um, because I was trying to throw, but, um, just knowing who I'm going up against and, you know, it's someone that I'm, I'm striving, I'm trying, I'm trying to be in his position one day and, um, going out there and, you know, I didn't have to face them. Thank God. Thank God we're not in double A and I didn't have to hit against them, but, uh, pitching against him was definitely fun. You know, I could, I could see what he was working on and, 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 you know, what he was trying to do to our hitters, um, it's just it's 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 very cool to to be able to witness and see a big leaguer up front like that. But um, it's also it's also very fun to compete. Everyone knows that you know the 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 bigger the stage, I guess, the more pressure, the, you know, bigger the opponent or whatever it is. Um, it always makes the game more exciting. So um, it was a blast. I had I had a lot of fun. I remember telling my pitching coach, you know, Mark Brewer, I was like, this is this is a ton of fun. I think it was like the fifth inning or something like that. But um, Wait, you, you wouldn't want to face him. You were a two-way player at one point, weren't you? I couldn't hit where the, you know. I, <laughs> so. I just kind of want to go back to that because, like, you went to Clemson, and uh, how valid is that that they were scouting you as a two-way player? Or was it mostly like you knew you were a pitcher, mm-hmm. and they just kind of wanted to try you out? Yeah, and, no, I mean, I I started I think three games uh, in the lineup hitting um I felt good my first career game I was like one for three or something like that with an RBI single stolen bait like I could do this and then I and then I faced an ACC rotation on the weekend and I was like I cannot do this this is not (laughs) um but you know they you know I think I think it's definitely could have been done um I just there's more of an upside definitely on the pitching side than than the hitting side um I could be pretty real myself, and I, I knew that I wasn't, you know, an advanced hitter. I wasn't a power hitter. Um, I could run a little bit. I could play some outfield. But, you know, when it comes to putting the bat on the balls, well below average at it. So, um, you know, I kind of knew my place, knew what to do with uh, the pitching side. So, Yeah, well, you definitely did some work at Clemson because that looks like you are you were just caying people left and right. So, and got dropped in the third round. So obviously you made the right decision there. Yeah, man, it all worked out. Thank God. So. What position were you playing? Like center, right, left, and we're in the outfield basically. DH. I DH for myself when I pitched. That was my my first game that I started. I I think I hit ninth and hit from hit for myself. I started that game against Furman in Greenville, I think. So, okay. um, yeah. I couldn't find any information on that anywhere. So I just had to ask. 
Yep. So when, when you officially became like a full-time pitcher, you are, I read some stuff. You, you have said that you've really grown in between the ears. How, what are some things that you've done to really get yourself to that next level? Cause we hear constantly about the grind of baseball, the minor league grind. I'm sure you're feeling it these first three, four months right now about what that grind's really like. How are you staying stable and able in between the ears? Um, I think it's, it's just, you know, you develop a routine. Um, and I developed a routine while I was at Clemson and we had access to, a, you know, a mental sports coach and, um, and we, now we do, we, we do it in Colorado, obviously we have Doug, Doug Chadwick and, um, just talking with those guys and going over things and, um, you know, establishing a routine, like I said, you know, everything I do on the baseball field is pretty much scheduled or put down into a, a routine to where I don't even have to think twice about, you know, what I'm supposed to do that day on a baseball field or what I'm supposed to do the day after a start or anything like that. So you kind of get into such a routine and such a process every day that it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's normal, you know, it's normal for me to get up and, and go get my foot field. And I have my stretching routine. I have my stuff I have to do, get in the cold tub, hot tub, that kind of stuff, arm care, lift, you know, it's all, uh, it's all pretty much like, you know, muscle memory now. Um, and I guess when you get so deep into that process, you know, like it's, it, it's, it's pretty hard for me to get off of it. And that's about the only time that, you know, I kind of lose it between the ears is like, if you, if you knock me off my process or my routine, it's, you know, you're, you're messing with my day and that's, that's an issue. So, um, but you know, other than that, man, um, it's a grind, but it's been, it's been a blast so far. So. Has it been easy for you to adjust from the college life to the professional life like this? Cause I mean, you're all been it after the COVID stuff and all that. And what's like, what's that transition been like for you? Yeah. Um, it's definitely different. Um, it's definitely different going from college and, and then to here. Um, Talent wise, it's obviously it's obviously better. Um, people always said, oh, you pitch in the ACC. The ACC is just like, you know, low A or high A. Um, and I agree. There's some there's some good teams in the ACC, but the, comp the, the level of competition here is definitely different. Um, and, and playing every day compared to college versus like, you know, you got your maybe one midweek and then your, you know, your weekend series um, and you're playing 60 games throughout February, March four or five months you know and we're playing 120 games so it's double um and we're only at the halfway point now you know where we literally just last night was our was our halfway point um so we still got we still got a long ways to go um and that that to me i think is going to be this is going to be the biggest test coming up here is you know how can you you know the, the difference from going from going from college playing 60 games to you know now we're going to play two seasons in one here. So we got to, you know, we got to find a way to, you know, stay on that routine process, all that, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. So. The creature habit type mentality right. keeps you going and doing your thing. Yep. Uh, absolutely. So your, your fastball has been compared to John Gray. Your command has been compared to Kyle Freeland. Um, what's, what's that feel like being compared to some stud ballers like that? Like, it's kind yeah. of feel something, right? I, I, I had no, I had no idea that, that uh, I was compared like that. Um, that's pretty. That's 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 really, you know, 
you always want to be compared to big leaguers, you know, like if, if any comparison you can get to a big leaguer is, is, is a plus, you know, um, sure. You know, I've been, you know, there's comparisons out whether he's like this minor leaguer, or this minor leaguer, which is great. You know, and those guys are, everyone's, you know, everyone's trying to accomplish the same goal, but to be compared to a big leaguer, um, I guess, you know, kind of, puts me in that position to where like oh man I can I can I can do it I can get there I can stay in the big leagues um you know if I obviously keep working and, and, and doing my thing um but knowing that people think like oh your fastball is kind of like John Gray John Gray's a really good baseball player Kyle Freeland's a really good baseball player so um it's definitely a confidence boost so good to I, I had no idea I'd, I'd, no, I'd never heard that before yeah that was from uh Thomas Hardy of the the Rockies beat right there. Gotcha. What are you doing with your changeup? You've been working on it for a hot minute now. How's that developing? How is that coming along? What are you doing for that? Yeah, uh, that was my best pitch last outing. Um, it's set up. It's set up every. I, I threw it really early in counts. Oh 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 one one oh two two oh. Um, and it, you know the thing we've been trying to focus on, I guess, in the past you starts has been trying to get people off my fastball. Um, and the way you get people off your fastball is throwing a change up in front of it or change up behind it and, you know, kind of protecting it. So um, having that last outing was definitely something that's, that was, that was foreign. It's, it's been a pitch that's been a work in progress and it's been hard to command it and throw strikes with it. Um, but we've been hammering it in bullpens, hammering it in bullpens, flat grounds um, every day in my, my throwing routine, I, I try to at least throw, 15 to 20, you know, and I, I like to alternate fastball change up, fastball change up, just trying to get that feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't know, you know, it's just the repetition or, or what it was or my release point or, you know, direction. I mean, there's a whole lot of things that could go into it, but it was, uh, it was definitely my best pitch um, a couple nights ago. So that was, that was key because those guys can really handle fastballs. You know, first pitch of the game, I think it was, you know, Glowinky leadoff hitter put a fastball right where I want it away it's like 95 96 and it's just you know smoked the other way and I'm like okay you know we gotta you know we gotta be able to mix it here so um thank god I had it (laughs) thank you for showing up tonight change up yeah Yeah. so going going off of that as you're heading into the second half of the season what's some things that you really have established those goals for yourself. Obviously you want to do really well, but there's a lot of things that us as fans, we never see what are the things that you're specifically working on? What are the specific goals you have in mind? So do you have anything like that planned for the second half? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously change of development is, is one of the key things. Um, I definitely want to add in more, more curveballs. I want to add in a fourth pitch. Um, uh, why? Because, you know, when it comes to tunneling, um, and what I do well, basically, um, I guess from a pitching sense is you're, there's, there's two ways you can go about, um, the tunneling. You're either going to be an up and down guy. So 12, six, four seam or change up slider, two seam kind of guy. Um, I want to do both. You know, why can't I do both? Um, I think I can throw a change up off a slider. I think I can throw a 12, six off a four seam, um, and be that guy who, who's super versatile. Um, and then ultimately throwing strikes. You know, uh, obviously, it, it's been kind of a struggle for me, um, I guess, in, in this season. It's kind of – it's gotten me hurt. Uh, Sam, what's up? Yo, my, my phone just 
caught on fire or whatever said it was too hot so uh-huh. <laughs> i threw it in the freaking fridge but we, we, should be, we should be good now is, it, is that good. a regular thing it well it's yeah it's 115 here every day it's <laughs> it, it is yeah. this is this is one of the hottest places i've ever been so sorry about that you're fun you're good how, you came back how do you how do you like it there fresno yeah, as a town. I, I like it. Um, it's definitely a different place. It's different than, than, you know, anywhere I've ever been before. And it's hotter than anywhere I've ever been before. Um, that's an adjustment. But the ballpark's great. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a old AAA park. Mm-hmm. So the place is dope. Um, it's big. Uh, right right in the city. So you kind of have a skyline around it, which is cool. Um, and then, we, we you know, we get good crowds. So we packed out for the 4th of July last week. It was awesome. So they run some pretty crazy promotions there. I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parker, what you know, whatever. He's a, he's a grizzly. Apparently, he looks you know, uh, he's not a grizzly. A little, um, a little poo bearish. Yeah, he's yeah, he's freaking Winnie the Pooh. So. <laughs> um, but he's wearing uh, other, a crop you know. top and no pants. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> he's a funny looking mascot. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, you were right in the middle of commanding your fastball. Yeah. Uh, okay. Things we were work t- things we were working on, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just you know, overall, when it comes down to it, throwing strikes is is you know is the most important thing. Um, and obviously that that's hurt me um, in the past and in college. Um, so being able to pound the zone like I did, you know, a couple nights ago and, and building on that and, and not trying to do too much and trying to stay within myself. Um, just that's, you know, that's what I see as, as what's going to make me successful in the future. So, you know, um, that's obviously, you know, one of the goals for the rest of the season. So. And you were talking about um, tunneling and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not uh... I'm a, I'm a fan, but I don't, I don't really know what that means. Can you explain yeah. what you mean by tunneling? Yeah. Um, so the best way I can explain it is like, um, you know, you're trying to make two pitches look the same and then ultimately end up being complete opposites. So um, you go on Pitching Ninja or any other social media, like Pitching Nation or anything like that. They, they'll show examples of it, but basically what it does is like, um, if I'm throwing two pitches, I don't know if you can see this, right? My top one is a fastball and this one's a curveball, right? And they're coming at you. You're the strike zone. You know, this fastball is ultimately going to stay straight while this curveball is going to appear to stay straight. And right as it gets to the strike zone, it's going to drop. So ultimately what you're trying to do is, is create two pitches that look the same out of the hand, but finish completely opposite in the zone. Um, and then it'd be the same thing for a changeup and slider, right? For me, um, my changeup is going to have a lot of arm side run and it's going to fade down, right? Where my slider is going to fade or bite, actually bite and cut in. So these pitchers are going to go complete opposite of each other, but out of the hand, they're going to look totally similar. So makes perfect sense. Yeah. Actually, I like the the uh, visuals there how close how close are you to having that like where you want like i know it's a process it's got to be a process yeah but like it's uh it's you know trying to get the movement you want is definitely the hardest thing um and then being able to obviously command it 
you know, um, everyone can, can spin a breaking ball and throw a fastball, but you know, me trying to throw a change up arm side and my catcher's right knee and then throw a slider at his left knee. The next pitch is, is that's advanced stuff that those are, that's why big leaguers are big leaguers and they can do that stuff. Um, you know, there's phenomenal examples on, you know, pitching ninja or whatever. Walker Bueller's great at it. Garrett Cole's really good at it. Um, you know, once I, once you get to that level, you, I hope you're in the big leagues because that's uh, it's a very, very hard thing to do. So. That makes what's sense. a, what's a player that you kind of wanted to mm-hmm. be similar to, or like model yeah. your game after? Yeah. Uh, in high school, I was, you know, a lot of comparisons. People said, oh, you're like Cole Hamels. Um, you know, I, I, I try to be like Blake Snell because I think Blake Snell does exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, and that's, you know, he throws a curveball, throws a slider, throws a fastball, and throws a changeup. Um, and he tunnels them all really well. You know, that's why you want to Cy Young. Um, you know, and he, he commands all four pitches. So, um I think when it comes to similarities, I think him and I are, are pretty similar. He's just, you know, obviously very, 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 very advanced. So, um, yeah, that would be that would be my guy today. But, you know, I love watching him play and, and watching him on YouTube and stuff like that. So, do you have a do you have a stance on on the substance crackdown that MLB's been doing? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I can tell you guys, it's uh, I don't, I did, I never knew. Actually, I knew I knew one guy within our entire organization that used it to doctor the baseball to to add extra spin or, um, you know, create a better breaking ball, that kind of deal. Um, I knew a ton of guys who used substance, you know, ranging from, you know, pine tar to I. First of all, I never knew anybody that used spider tech. I had no idea what spider tech was until I heard Garrett Cole come on and say it. I was like, what is that? Why, you know, why wasn't I using that? But um, uh, when it comes to getting a grip on these balls, especially out here in Fresno, and, you know, I've heard all these people say all these things on Twitter, and, you know, guys are trying to protect themselves, obviously. But, you know, when it comes to getting a grip on a ball out here, especially, um, you know, you get those baseballs that are rubbed up with mud um, and then it's 115 degrees here. And, you know, if you ever watch, I don't know if you guys ever have access to it. If you watch a game of mine, like I throw out, you know, at least 10 balls a game because I'm not, I, I grab those baseballs and it's just chalk. The mud is dried up. Mm-hmm. The, the baseball is, is, is complete, so slippery that rosin and spit and my, you know, none of it's going to help. You know, so I just get rid of those baseballs. Um, so when it comes to just trying to get a grip, I knew a lot of guys that were using it just to try to feel the baseball. Um, and, you know, one guy was trying to doctor it. So um, my stance, I don't particularly have one because I wasn't a big guy who used it. Um, but, you know, when it, when it comes to being safe and protecting guys, uh, I know it's kind of a lame excuse. Um, I do think it helps, especially with with guys being able to f- feel the baseball out of their hand and, and have a good grip of it. So I don't know if that answers the question. I'm, I try to be as like vague with that as possible because. Yeah, I, no, no, I understand. Um, well, hitters never really had a problem with it because 
Um, there's not as many wild wild pitches going and going at their hips or their heads or anything like that. Right. So, right. Um, I just read a quote, you know, about doctoring the baseball has been around for as long as the game's been around, you know, catchers used to put sandpaper or spikes on their heels. And, you know, especially back then when guys were throwing screwballs and sink, you know, really mean sinkers, you know, they take that baseball and they swipe it across their ankle real quick and hit a piece of sandpaper and it scuffed the baseball. And if you, and if people knew how to scuff the baseball and knew how to use it, right. You know, that's doctoring the baseball or guys used to spit on their hands and throw spitballs, you know, which is basically a, a deadened two seam or a, a deadened sinker. And, the, you know, those were gross. So it's been around for forever. And, you know, um, uh, I can definitely see how it was hurting the game, the sticky stuff now. Um, but ultimately it's, it's been a part of this game for as long as it's been around. So uh, Tyler glass now for the, for the Rays, he's, he's on the IL and, He's mm -hmm. pretty outspoken that it's because he can't get a good grip on the baseball. Do you think, do you think there's some merit to that? Yeah. Um, you definitely have to change your release point, your release point and um, the, the, the pressure you apply to the ball. Um, and I totally agree with that. Um, I'm not saying, you know, one start get hurt. I don't, you know, I don't know how that affects, or how, how one start without the sticky stuff can hurt you. Um, but over time, I can definitely see how added stress to your forearm muscles, especially when you're gripping the baseball harder, causes more fatigue um, to those muscles that support your UCL, and like he did towards UCL. Um, I, you know, I'd say there's some merit to it. Like, I, you know, uh, changing someone overnight after he's been training, probably with sticky stuff, his entire off season, um, entire spring training. And then you go halfway through a season and, um, all of a sudden you have to change out what you're doing. Like it's, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for guys to make that adjustment. And unfortunately he got hurt. So, um, I do think it has altered, you know, guys, not mechanics, but release points and, and pressure on their forearm or pressure on the ball, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and going off of what you were talking about earlier about guys using nail files and all that stuff, game of baseball, it's really, it's always been a little uneven, whether it was mm -hmm. the spitball era, um, you know, the historical drug use in the 80s and, yep. and all of that stuff, and then the steroid era, and then now you got people banging on trash, trash cans, all that stuff, right? So mm -hmm. it's just funny how baseball just goes through these evolutions of, of trying to gain an edge. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. There's that, that famous, famous quote. Um, I heard it as a kid, my dad would say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So that's a personal um, favorite of mine as well. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> it's a funny one. So I like to use it in golf. So I'll be play later. <laughs> it still doesn't help me in golf. I, either. I'm a, yeah. Just gonna cover, cover my, cover my driver and chapstick whenever I go play here. I got a tee time, like three. So, so what's the handicap looking like? Oh, dude, dude, that's not good. We're trying to get there. <laughs> We're trying to – I just – I want to be a good baseball player by the time you get to the big leagues. That's what – you know, that's my goal, so. Of course. Who who do you go golfing with? Like, do you have a set group that – Yeah, uh, so I'll go with – I think Veen's coming with us today. Um, I live with Veen, Goldsberry, um, Gavin Hollowell for now. He's He just got here. Um, so, I think us four – and maybe a fifth. I'm not sure. 
are going. But Veen can play and Goldsberry. Goldsberry is really, really good. Denver kid. Um, he can – it's not even fun. So, we're playing a scramble today, and I, I demanded out that I'm on his team. So, <laughs> there you go. Give me the Goldsberry. Uh, that's awesome. And t- yeah, that's cool. Um, what what When you got checked for that substance, real quick, for that first time, were you kind of irritated or were you just kind of accepting the fact like, all right, this is what it is. Did you take yeah. your belt off and go, here you go, man. Yeah. yeah. I gave him the cough. Um, I took the belt off and gave him the sideways cough. <laughs> Turn your head. But uh, they, uh, no, I knew it was, we knew it was coming. Um, it is a pain in the butt. You know, and I think it's hilarious when these umpires are coming up to guys after, you know, you know, guy doesn't get through the second inning, gives up seven. And they're like, Hey, we got to check you. You know, it's just, uh, it's just, a, it's just so dumb. Um, but I understand why they're doing it, you know, and it, and it obviously what well, there's been one ejection and I don't even know what happened to that guy or if they, I know he appealed the suspension with the Mariners. Um, but you know, the crackdowns worked obviously. Um, but you know, I think it'd be very, very, very easy for guys to get around if they wanted to. Um, it's just about, you know, do you, do you want to go to that extent? So, going um, that, yeah, the, the check was fine. I've been checked every outing. Um, and now they, they like to switch it up. They like to play with you, you know, they'll go, <laughs> sometimes it'll be the third inning. Sometimes it'll be the first inning, you know, they just like to mess with you. So whatever, <laughs> there's not a big deal anymore. That'd be so irritating. Hey, yeah. <laughs> let me just switch up your entire job real quick and add right. an extra element to it. That's just pointless. Right. It's yep. so annoying. Are, are there any pitchers um, that you follow, you look at from Coors specifically that you kind of want to mimic your game from? Because, I mean, you know the Coors mm. effect and all that. Yeah. With yeah. It. You've got to change it a little. Have you dove into any of those kind of things? What is successful up at altitude, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, we do. We have information on how to uh, – what works better at altitude and what doesn't work better. Um, and uh, I think it's apparent, especially when like, if you ever watch Clayton Kershaw and Clayton Kershaw comes to Coors, um, there was a ton of sliders, ton of cutters. You know, he has that, he's known for his hook, right? He's known for that mm-hmm. big 12, six hook. Well, at, at elevation, that hook doesn't play as well. You know, you lose vertical break. So the, the amount of break he gets up and down decreases, right? Um, so you'll see him throw a, a bunch more sliders, a bunch more changeups, a bunch more cutters um, than going vertical. Um, guys, you know, obviously like like John Gray, very good breaking ball. Herman Marquez, obviously good fastball, great breaking ball. Um, Freeland, you know, obviously being left-handed, that's 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 kind of who I really like to watch um, and watching him pitch and, and go about his business. Um, so So, yeah, those are – we have, we know what we need to do, you know, obviously at altitude um, and it's different than pitching anywhere else. So um, it's very interesting to see how, how, you know, how we go about attacking teams at Coors versus, you know, going on the road and, and, and you know, different pitch arsenals attacking with different things, that kind of thing. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a different ball game at elevation. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, one day, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited, uh, but nervous at the same time, like 
you know, what, what, what in my arsenal doesn't play well there, you know, and you, and you won't know until you get there. So um, one day we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. From a fan's perspective, that's uh, really reassuring that they're at least talking about it because we talked to Jeff Francis, who's one of the all time, you know, greats pitchers for the Rockies. And mm-hmm. he said that they just never even talked about it. Just never, yeah. ever talked about it in the clubhouse and things like that. It's just, from a fan's perspective, it's just a little bit frustrating because you know this thing exists. So what are we doing to try to mitigate it? So it sounds like you guys are doing that. Yeah. Yep. Trying. Yep. We, uh, yeah, we can't give away all the secrets, but we're, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we know, we know what, you know, what has to improve or what, you know, what plays well there. So that's awesome. Uh, the draft has been going on the last two days. Can you take us back to last year? It's crazy that you were drafted last year, third round. What was that like? The sitting around was ecstatic. How was that mm-hmm. different the COVID stuff? Yeah. How did the process go about work? Yeah. Um, usually we'd be playing and, you know, you'd be making phone calls to GMs and that kind of, kind of right. deal. Um, just in the month of June during playoffs, that kind of thing. Um, we were cut short fourth, fifth week of the season. Um, and I, I had Zoom meetings all the time um, with front office guys, um, scouts, supervisors, that kind of deal, pitching coordinators. Um, and leading up to the draft, I, uh, I ended up getting a meeting with the Rockies and um, I got on that call and it was it was basically everybody from the front office um, and directors and pitching directors and that kind of things. Really cool meeting um, and by far the best meeting that I had you know, with any team. Um, and I walked out of that, or I didn't, I logged off that meeting, um, thinking, you know, being, you know, really happy with it. Um, you know, I, I felt like you know, we had obviously established a relationship and, um, you know, I felt like that was a place that I could, I could definitely see myself going, um, really enjoyed everyone in the meeting. And then, um, kind of funny. I had, I had family over, um, for that draft on day two and we had a catering service and a lady showed up in a Colorado Rockies mask and t-shirt. And I, I like looked at her. I was like, you know, like that's really, really strange, you know, like whatever. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, and then an hour later I get a phone call, Hey, you're going to 81 of Rockies. That's like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> so um, it was exciting, really cool experience that with my family. Um, it was uh, obviously a dream come true, but a huge weight lifted off the shoulders because, you know, you never knew. It was five round draft. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know if I had done enough in my starts, in my, you know, in my junior year to to get picked in the top five. Um, so it was, it was definitely nerve wracking. But you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was awesome. It was a great thing to experience. I'll never forget it. So. So was that lady a mole? Like, was that on purpose? Uh, no, just, no. She just she just happened to be from Denver. Huge Rockies fan. She had no idea she was coming to a draft party. She had absolutely no idea, and she just she came in. She was putting all of our food out and everything. She had, a, you know, I'm like, I'm like, are you a fan? Like, could I? She's like, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, you know, it's really strange. You know, I, you know, I'm not kidding. Like, I like I really had a feeling like you know, that after, especially after leaving that meeting, you know, a, a couple of weeks prior, I was like, this is a, you know, 
you kind of felt that connection there, you know, yeah. like, oh, this is, you know, I like them. They like me. This could be, you know, this could work out here. And then, you know, for have our catering lady to show up in Rocky stuff, you know, without knowing. Um, I just thought it was cool. I just thought it cool how, how it all worked out. And, um, you know, it was, it was a fun night, especially yeah. because it was really memorable. So, yeah, that's pretty dope. Because there's not a lot of Colorado Rockies stuff up here. Like, I'll be right. lucky if I see a CR in Detroit or at yep. any point. So the fact that yep. there's that, there's a baseball gun. There's definitely well, a baseball gun. Even, even now, and like, I, I'm down here in Santa Barbara, California, and I'm sure people think the same thing with me wearing Rocky stuff. They're like, yeah, this is just strange. <laughs> right. Yeah. Foreign. <laughs> Hell yeah. You lost, man. Like, that's crazy. That's funny. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll end it with some lighthearted questions here. We did this similar to see how, um, with Duke and Darnell to see how much you've changed since college questions and stuff. Yeah. Double so D. I'm looking at your Clemson Tigers profile here. Um, your favorite hobbies, interesting facts, blah, 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 all that good stuff. So anything has changed. So it doesn't look like your favorite hobbies have changed much. Still golfing, hunting, and fishing. Yep, absolutely. Still doing the same stuff. Um, you have to give us at least two impressions. Because according oh, to you, that most people don't know that all everybody is going to know now is that you do great impressions. Yeah, the Grizzlies try to get me to do it um oh, we're not the grizzlies so you can just open I, up here <laughs> there's a there's a i mean we we come back to that you can think about it a little bit all right i, I have Sounds to dive good. into this one maybe it's just a young sam answering this your ideal vacation spot is holland michigan like during tulip time probably as my my favorite place on earth is holland michigan for real i'm not kidding my buddy has a has a lake house there um grew up going there you know, growing up, um, I don't know. I love Lake Michigan for some reason. Like, and nobody, nobody believes me that we have beaches. Like, there's a, there's a beach there. Like, or there's sand dunes. People, you know, people the like to fight beaches. Me. They're great. People, people fight me about it here. Goldsberry's like, <laughs> Goldsberry's like, that is not a beach. He's like, it's not a beach. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's sand. There's water. It looks like the ocean. Like, what more do you want from me, man? But <laughs> for the most part. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You can't see the other side either. Right. Right. You can't see Chicago. You're fine. Right. There's creepy. there's riptides. There's big waves. You can get taken out. You can get killed. Like it's you know, it's no joke. But it's a real deal. Um, that's just that's just Californians, dude. They're just like if it's not <laughs> if it's not the Pacific Ocean, it's not a beach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they think. Seriously. Um but yeah, my favorite place, absolutely. Um I, lo I love going there and I haven't been able to go for the past three, four years, but um, maybe in September when we get back, it'll be warm enough to go. But seriously, I love that place. Like, I love it. it it's a weekend hotspot for us. We take the kids out there and kind awesome. of just walk around the beach and run in the town. I think they just really? opened up a new golf course around there. Did they? I, oh, you mentioned Barstool. They, I think they yeah. were talking about doing a golf tournament up here. Somebody some famous golf person just started created yeah. a golf course. I don't know. I need to look into it. That'll be dope. Oh uh, yeah. I know. Sweet. That'll be, I know Portnoy, he went to Michigan, right? So he's a Michigan yeah. guy. He's always, so wouldn't surprise me. No, I think it's somewhere up there. Mm. Um, and then what's your, let's just see if this changed. What's your proudest childhood accomplishment and answer this in impersonation mode. Proudest mm -hmm. childhood accomplishment impersonated. 
I'm trying to think of what impersonation. I can do a lot of impersonations. I'm trying to think of which one, you know, fits this. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a little a little kid voice that I can do, but it's blanking on me. Um do it doing John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get the face going first. The face is like the- it's all about the face there. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, man. My favorite favorite childhood memory was definitely whooping my teacher's ass. <laughs> definitely whooping her ass in a multiplication test, man. I tell you what. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, is that is that the correct answer? Is that the answer? That, that was the same one you answered for Clemson, also. Yeah. Um, I was in fourth grade. Um, I won't drop her name uh, yeah. in case she ever catches <laughs> this. But uh, fourth grade, I, yeah, I, I remember. I remember beating her. Multiplication test, you know, you had like the rows, you had like the five rows, you know, yep. whatever. A uh, hundred questions, hundred multiplication questions, I beat her. So that was that was definitely that was fun. Um, I got kicked out of her class the next year, so I wasn't in her class. I got moved out of that one. <laughs> Is that she because one of you like teachers, math or because you? She was one of those teachers that go up and down with you. You know. Oh yeah, she went along. So I had a fourth grade. I was supposed to have a fifth grade. I didn't have fifth grade. So, um, but yeah, that was a fun little thing in the in the Clemson bio. So I'm glad I answered that right. Were you uh, were you kind of a smart ass in, in school? Is that why you had to switch classes? Yeah, I was tough to deal with. Um, <laughs> but I think it's I I seriously I think it's a trait of of you know. I think all athletes have, have ADHD and, um, you know, I think being a little reckless, uh, is a good trait to have, especially when it comes to being a baseball player, a football player, um, that kind of thing. I never knew a golfer that was crazy. So, um, <laughs> maybe I should, maybe I should tone it down a little bit, but, um, yeah, it was a little difficult to deal with. My little brother's probably worse. You know, he's like, he's like, we call him the energizer bunny. He would never stop moving, you know, jumping around talking doing all that kind of thing so and he's a he's a divisional baseball player so um but yeah yeah definitely hard to deal with difficult I guess but I think there's something to that that personality trait just it makes you mm-hmm. different it makes you stand out it makes you think differently when you're in between the lines I'm sure I agree yeah it just hits a little bit different I get that I get that well Sam thank you for spending your time with us congratulations on the NL air low a west pitcher of the week honors i appreciate it yeah thanks um, man just spend your time here and hopefully you get out to holland soon yeah man i hope so hopefully hopefully mid-september something like that are you staying you be in michigan do you live in michigan full-time now yeah yeah i'm up here established as you would say in grand rapids gotcha. yeah gotcha how'd that work out i met a girl in nebraska that's where nice. we all grew up and she's from troy so from gotcha. your side, okay all I'm right so by how often right Awesome. And Sweet, worked out and married her a few years later. And here we are seven, eight years down the road. Perfect. Grand Rapids is awesome, man. It's yeah. A good it's, place. It's beautiful. Good place. It's grown. It's gotten really cool here. It's fun. Sweet. Good yeah. deal. All uh, right, Sam, shoot a good round. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wish me luck. I'll fucking need it. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, All make right, sure you on. get Goldsberry. Draw the Goldsberry. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try. We got, yeah, we, yeah, we got some money on this. I'm going to need them. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I thanks, appreciate man. it, guys. Thank, yeah. you. Thank, Thank you for having me. I appreciate Thank it. You.
Stay cool. See you. Thank you for tuning in. Find more content at blankstreetbanter.com.